fake smile. What one of that? Counterintuitively, counterintuitively, we related the idea of the way I move my body allows me or deprives me of spiritual connection. You wouldn't think that. You wouldn't think that the step towards spirituality is almost suspended or required some kind of somatic involvement. You've got to put your body in there. And if you don't put your body in there, you can have the highest spiritual aspirations. But if there's no coordination, if there's no relationship between what I'm, ex- what I'm experiencing spiritually and how that's manifest in the way that I move my body, the whole thing closes down. The way we described it previously was that when I have a focus, something that, that I'd like to achieve, important to me in life, and I speed up my movements in relation to that particular goal that I have, so something shifts in the weight that that goal takes in my life. It's almost as if there's a limitation, a default setting of how I operate as a person. The default setting is I walk at a certain place, my voice has a certain tone and the volume ranges between these this amount of decibels and those amount of decibels. The things that I say in terms of content are from a limited drawing from a limited series of topics. And the predictable pathway of a person that doesn't step out of all those predictable behavioral patterns is one of ongoing deceptive stagnation. And the reason why it's deceptive stagnation is because it looks like I'm doing well. It looks like I'm functioning. And the power of spirituality is to break out, to break out of the established patterns. Because spirituality is the initiation of choice. Recognizing that there's no direct causality and imperative causality to, if this happens, I have to respond in that way. If this happens, I have to respond in this way. I'll tell you a story. In the early days of Jerusalem there was a lot of contention there are different fac- factors who are factors and factions who are fighting with one another and there was a person who kind of rose above it all a great tzaddik righteous man called Reb Ari Levine one of his opponents was jailed the British mandate was then in force and he wanted to go to the prison to assist the man make sure that he had a good cell and to make sure that he could alleviate any difficulties in his conditions. And he went to spoke to the person in charge of the prison, he had a little bit of sway, and he managed to get the person a better cell and take care of some of his basic needs. As he's leaving the prison, the person who he assisted sees him and immediately, immediately covers his face. Someone says to him, but, but why are you covering your face? says, I don't want to look into the face of an evil man. He just came here. He assisted you. He got you better conditions. And you're calling him evil? 
And the Barry Levine here has this comment. Stimulus, what would the response be? Well, if it was me, I'd probably say something like, that's how you repay the kindness that I've given you? That's your thanks? Go jump in the lake. I'll put you back in that old cell. The Barry Levine goes, whoa, what a great man. What a great man. We have very different opinions. Despite the fact that I showed such care for him, he was not willing to be bribed by my kindnesses to shift his opinions. He had such integrity to what he believed that he stuck by it despite the fact that I'd shown him kindnesses and the respect of that man has grown in my eyes. Whoa! That's called choice. Choice means that there's no predictable reaction to a given stimulus. And that upon hearing a news, upon being, you know, insulted, upon being offered an opportunity, there are a range of responses. The beginning of spirituality is the formation of choice in the moment, which a synonym for choice is creativity. Creativity is not the realm of artists. Creativity is the natural birthright that we have to engineer, innovate, and create a life that in this moment and to the next moment could be vastly different from anything that anyone could ever anticipate. Creativity is the freedom to guide and to plot a track that's not just driven by the inertia of habit. And therefore, when I want to step up my game when it comes to spirituality, the first thing I can do to access that stepping up is to change the way I move my body. And simply by picking up the speed of doing something with more rapidity, at a quicker pace, getting in there, using my body more, perhaps even lifting up the volume of my speech, something happens eternally. As much as when I lower the volume and I slow down my bodily movements and I change the texture and the pace of my voice, something else transpires. And right now, in this moment, I can choose to do that or this. And that's at my disposal. I just have to figure out, in this moment, what is the next step to be taken now that I've been given this whole range of tools to choose from. I can decide, you know what's right right now? Watch this, because really, in order to change, you have to move out of your comfort zone. You have to break the cage of consistent behavior and shatter the bonds of behavioral norms. That's called the power of threes. Doosh, doosh, doosh. A rhetorical technique. Or maybe, or maybe let's, <laughs> let's make it casual, you know? Just thinking about life and change and stuff. You know, how should I do it? 
or getting tenth. Tenth. Josh, it's, it's all there for the taking. So comes along, great work, Mr. Shaim, Khal, and he explains what's going to be, well, what do you think is the threat to spiritual progression? He defines three things. Anything which increases lethargy and laziness is the enemy of spiritual growth. And he defines three possible lazy destinations. Number one, the pursuit of physical rest. Now, we're mortal. I'm mortal. Maybe some of you aren't. I'm mortal. As a mortal, things get a little bit hectic. My energy runs out and I need a rest. That's okay. Rest is not a pursuit. It's a necessity. But when the rest becomes a pursuit, that it's not that I want to rest because I need to recharge my battery so I can keep on going, but no, I want to rest because I want to have that feeling of just lying on the couch, doing nothing, but lying on the couch. And you say to me, so tell me, like, why are you, why are you lying on the couch? Are you tired? You go, no, it's lying on the couch. And like, do you want to like get up and do something afterwards? And you go, no, just really, just kind of maybe lie on the couch some more. Let's go bakosha manucha gufnis. I seek. In other words, it's a, it's a goal. Next thing. It means I try to avoid at all costs putting any effort into what I do. I'm a massive culprit of this. We're sitting at the table and thinking, I've got a fork, but I don't have a knife. The knife is a good two meters away. It will require at least five seconds of investment to stand up and get it. So I try to think of all the ways I can use the fork and not need to come onto the knife. So I've got this really kind of tough piece of meat. So I sit there like trying to carve, carve it away. I'm thinking oh, maybe I should try to f- kind of sharpen the edge of the, of the fork to like get a bit of cut. And like I'm putting in all this effort, but really if I would get up and just get the knife, it would be, but I'm trying to at all points in time avoid any extra effort. Like if I drop something on the floor, I think, mm, is there anything else on the floor that could be dropped so I can like save my effort and just go down there once? So even minuscule effort, I seek to avoid. And that, of course, undoes this vibrating, pulsating energy, which is the core of spiritual growth. And the final one is, It's the love of luxuriating, of the pleasures of the flesh to the nth degree. So we've got, imagine this. Let's create, how about this? I'm going to be working on behalf of the Anti-Spiritual Growth Committee, and I'm going to be offering you um, the ideal package to make sure that you stay spiritually stagnant. So I want to get you, I want to get the pursuit of rest, I want to get the kind of no effort, the hatred of avoidance and hatred of effort, and I want to get the pleasures to the nth degree. So here you go. Picture yourself on the shores of a desert island. The beach 
it's white and pure. The turquoise sea laps up on the shore as you have an expansive view of the horizon. You're seated in a deck chair. Lying back, there's a electric setting to adjust the height of the deck chair and the angle of the back. You've always got this like footrest which can also go up and down. And of course, it's padded. There's a little remote control that you can press which will call a waiter who will come to you to serve you the most delicious array of the most exotic cuisine. There you are, on the beach, in the deck deck chair. Boom. Push the button, and the waiter comes. And you say, okay, um, well, breakfast. I have the fresh orange juice, lightly toasted, three slices of bread. Smattering of butter. (laughs) Some fried eggs, sunny side up. Patch of marmalade, just on the side. And this is the Ramchal describing the worst situation you could ever be in in your entire life. (laughs) (laughs) No, sounds pretty attractive to me. I would would go for that. I would go for that. So what, where, is it, where does the problem lie? The problem lies in that kind of that kind of pursuit of seems to um, seems to minimize and detract from the bristling excitement of every moment of every day, and that spirituality is fascinatingly connected to the notion of renewal. It requires a newness. Because in a universe which is governed by spiritual wisdom, the energy of the universe is constantly recharging. And if I would like to mirror in my world the energy of a universe which is being renewed constantly, I seek to renew myself, recognizing that the me of now doesn't have to be the me of a minute later. In other words, the notion of choice is a synonym not only for creativity, but for constant renewal. And that the goal of life isn't to become better, which is the generation of the same old in a slightly more advanced form, but to become radically different. And the detracting factors that keep me bound in the shackles of subservience to my inner lethargy are the things which, when they become pursuits, when I need to have a break and I need to go on a summer holiday and sit in a deck chair on the side of a turquoise sea with white beads, that's okay. Because that's facilitating more energetic involvement. But when that becomes the goal, and not the means, the end, then my entire spiritual path becomes corrupted. Because those are two very contrary things. And that's why the Ramchal puts across that Zrizut, which is this 
bold step towards spiritual growth, which requires breaking the parameters of normal behavior in terms of the speed at which I perform, the volume and tone at which I speak, and the focus that I have in my day-to-day life, when those things are undone by the lethargy and the pursuit of physical rest, avoiding effort, and the pursuit of pleasure, so then I become truly free. Because there's nothing binding me into the same old person that is here right now, and I can be someone completely different. And, and that feeling is so liberating. That feeling is so... Wow. Recognizing the fact that I'm not trapped in the self of not only yesterday, but the self of two minutes ago. It requires a balance of how do we activate that self-progression. Certainly it can't be done dramatically because it won't be sustainable. But this movement that one, one of the, I suppose one of the Greatest signs of a creative life. One of the greatest signs of people that exercise their choice is un- the lack of predictability in where we are now and where we're going to be. If I look back at the last year and I think to myself, yeah, I kind of expected to be here today. Well, then it's a, almost a absolute proof that I haven't exercised my power of choice. Because the power of choice shifts our direction exponentially. One choice leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. Many variables open up which didn't exer- exist otherwise. And therefore, when I look at myself today and I thought, whoa, a year ago I could never have imagined that I'd be sitting in this place. So then that means I've been working. And when you think ahead and you think, well, where am I going to be in t- a year, two years, ten years time? I don't know. I have no idea. I have a direction, I have a goal, I have a pursuit, but where that's actually going to take me is completely up for grabs. And this kind of relates to something that when the Ramchal began his book, he differentiated between two types of growth, a mechanical growth and an organic growth. And he said that the mechanical growth, the predictable, expected way that we move things forward, that growth is fantastic when employed in, employed in the realm of relationships. Relationships don't grow. Relationships are built through careful understanding of the dynamic and often wrenching decisions to let go of the story in my head, to surrender my ego, and to move forward to see that there's something outside my little narrow confines of my own life. So relationships are built. But my destination, my purpose, my mission, it's organic. It's completely unpredictable. Because... Once I define a direction, where they will lead me is too dependent on factors which are completely external to myself to be able to plot a course as to where I'll be. So, for example, if a person wants to, if his direction, and he's creative, is in the field of becoming a musician... So where will he be in a year's time? Well, who knows? Because what could happen is he could play for an orchestra and there could be a talent scout in the audience that spots him and offers him a job 
in the Berlin Philharmonica. And then he'll go to Germany. And when he's in Germany, he'll suddenly be exposed to a, he's a violinist, another violinist that teaches him a technique that he couldn't believe that he would ever dream of learning. And he learns it, which makes him capable of actually innovating a whole new way of playing the violin, which puts him in the running to be the major violin teacher in the na- next national symposium of violinists in America, which then he meets a, and so on and so forth. He never chose that. He never, he never initiated that. He just had the direction. So when it comes to the growth that we have, using our freedom of choice, that's something which is um, unpredictable. And therefore, when we look back at our lives and we notice a sense of predictability, we should really be gripped with fear. Because many more people have died in the boredom of routine than in daring risks. Cut.